Their experience in sports varies. Of course, uh, Vinny's got uh, experience in the NFL, and I sucked at uh, electric football. Vinny and Haney, 1057 Fan. Vinny and Haney back here on this Total Request Thursday. We're turning it up to 12 all the way until 2 o'clock right here on the fan. Cordell Woodland in for the Bobster here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw. He's behind the glass. But joining us now via the WGK Law guest hotline, we got University of Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans. What's going on, Damon? What's up, fellas? How you doing? All right, Damon. Not bad, not bad. And uh, a lot going on out in College Park, I'm sure, sports-wise for you, Damon. Yesterday was National Signing Day for football. How do you feel like you guys did yesterday? You know what? Uh, we got we signed three recruits yesterday, which was a good thing. And uh feel like we got some really good players from the Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and Florida so keeping that uh, talent at home has always been significant for us. And then going into the state of Florida, where you know they have an abundance of talent mm-hmm. uh, down there. Uh, we posted the top 30 recruiting class, so I like to see the progress there. And, and uh, Loxley has done a good job of not only bringing in good talent, but developing that talent. And you can see that over the past three years, not only in the win-loss column, but uh, the number of student-athletes that we've had We've had had opportunities at the professional level in the NFL, so uh, really good things going on in football. Hey, Damon, let me just say this: Locks did it again, because you know what? What did he get? Like four stars or five stars that he took from Auburn or whatever. I mean, to me, that's that's you know, because before he said it was about transaction, I think this was about relationships. Because I think I read where like the coach who was down there recruiting him from South Florida, from the Miami area, he had a great relationship with those two kids. And that's how they got them. So, you know, locks in the group, they did it again because they got they got some legit players there at the end. Locks is uh, really good at building relationships, really good at honing in on what makes uh, these young men tick. Yeah. But also I think we see that he's someone who, who truly cares about them as a person and will help them grow and develop. And, you know, Locks is always going to grind in the recruiting area. And, you know, a lot of people have always talked about his uh, recruiting acumen, and uh, it just continues to show itself. Hey, Damon, let me just add this real quick. Is Can you imagine Locks, with, with the personality that he's got, with some NIL money, you guys would be crazy good. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, and that's where we got to continue to find ways to even make it easier for Locks by building uh, in that NIL area, and we'll continue to do so and work hard at it. He's someone that's out there that's been grinding, and uh, I always say to our fans out there, I know we ask uh, a lot of you, uh, but this is an area that we can use help in. NIL is something that's significant. And I also want to remind people, I know some people think, well, why doesn't the athletic department just put money into the NIL? Uh, that's not permissible within the rules. Uh, we can we can help to, to facilitate things such as avenues and, and, and trying to help our coaches get out there and do what they need to do, but we can't put dollars directly into NIL. We're talking to University of Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans, who joins us via the WGK Law Guest Hotline. is Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. To the hardwood right now, Damon, another tough loss uh, for the Terps against Rutgers at home, losing two straight. They take on Ohio State on the road uh, this weekend. But just it's not like 
they're out there looking like they don't belong. It's it's a lot of just miss shots here, miss shots there, uh, a defensive breakdown here and there. How frustrating is it to just see that you know some of the little things are coming back to bite these guys at the end of games? The challenge for us is right now is offensively. Uh, we just can't find a rhythm on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, when you take a look from a defensive perspective, I think that we're in Ken Palm ranked uh, – break sixth and Ken Palm from a defensive perspective. And I, and I want to remind everyone, you know, some people may think that this team has given up. When you're ranked that high defensively and you're playing that hard, that's an indication that you're still bought into this program and you still want to win. And I believe that of these young men who, who play for us. We just got to figure out something on the offensive end of it. I'm confident uh, that we will. Ohio State presents another opportunity for us. Uh, I'm not going to take them lightly. I know they've had some struggles on their own, but it's going to be at Ohio State, and we're going to have to go in there and play well, and we're going to have to uh, reduce the, the number of turnovers, and, and we got to knock down shots. This is a this is a, a, a sport where you got to knock down some shots, and hopefully that'll happen this weekend. I want to go to the women's side of things. They got back in the win column against Rutgers, but I want to go to the game before against Iowa when they came to town again and Caitlin Clark came out there and showed just looked, it looked like a, a, a great vibe out there at College Park, which I'm sure sold isn't out. new. Yeah, sold, sold, out. sold out. And we know the type of environment that the basketball, both basketball teams can bring out there. But what was it like for Maryland, who already brings a crowd to then have one of the top stars in the sport come out there as well? special night let's make no mistake about it uh, it was broadcast by what what caitlin clark has done for women's uh, basketball you have to give credit where credit's uh due she's been a phenomenon she's a, a transcendent player um and and that's good for the sport but i'm also going to say what's good for the sport is maryland women's basketball and when you look up in those rafters at the banners and the number of players that we've had and the number of uh, conference championships and the national championship that we've won all around to be able to have that type of crowd of two great programs uh, coming together. I like the fact that it was a, a great uh, highlight of women's sports, in particular uh, women's basketball, and we need to continue to grow that. We need to control, uh, continue to focus on our women's sports. You know what's cool about that, Damon, is is like I, I've had f- – uh, friends that have daughters that took them to the game because they wanted to see Caitlin Clark. And I would say that put the men in there too. She's the most popular person in basketball because, you know, they're getting on Fox TV. They're getting primetime games. I think it's awesome for basketball. I think it's great for women's basketball because the interest, you know, makes it even better. And that helps everybody in women's basketball. It does. It was nice to see the young girls and all yep. the fans who were uh, wanted to see her, but you know what? It also brought the uh, young boys, and it, it brought grown men and and women and and people around wanting to see that, and that's beneficial to all uh, concerned. And I hope that our uh, we didn't win the game. Uh, obviously, we would have liked to have won that game. Um, at the end of the day, was that a success for the sport of women's basketball? Awesome, and that's what we need to continue to do is uh, show support and grow the game. Damon, really appreciate you making some time for us today. Of course, it is Total Request Thursday. Any song request for today? Uh, in honor of Toby Keith passing, uh, let's do Should Have Been a Cowboy. Hey, Damon, let me ask you real quick, man. How are the workouts coming? We haven't talked about it for a while. 
You know what you you know I I always throw something in there so I'm gonna give you something to do so it make it easy on you. Just do your 100 squats and 100 sit ups every day and then get you some type of cardio in and you'll be fine. <laughs> Work advice, song requests. <laughs> NIL talk, Good. we get Damon it all. Does it all. We, we get it all from Damon <laughs> Evans. Damon, really appreciate you, man. We'll Thanks, talk again Damon. next week. Yeah. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get to the whip around. We'll check in and see what went on in the world of sports last night. A lot of basketball, I'm sure, but we'll get to all that and more next here on The Fan. Vinny and Haney's whip. Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. It's the whip around on Vinny and Haney back here on 1057 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for the Bobster with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. Coming up at 1130, Kyle Phoenix from the Baltimore Banner. I'm Baltimore Beatdown, I should say. Also writes the late for work. The Monday edition for Ravens.com. He'll join us to talk some Ravens in the next segment. But right now, we're looking around the world of sports. And uh, all eyes will be on the NBA today as today is trade deadline day. The trade deadline, I believe, is at 3 o'clock today. Yeah, Buddy 3 p.m. today. Traded, right? Yeah, Buddy Hield, he uh, went to the Sixers. So that's a nice pickup for them getting some shooting out there i mean for the sixers though if joel and b can't get back on the court anytime soon and even when he does if he can't look like the mb the mvp then it'll all be for nothing but yeah buddy hild is a guy that every quite a few teams uh have been interested in for a while you could always use some shooting so he goes to the sixers in exchange for marcus moore's uh three second round picks and one other player as well um in other news around the nba Gordon Hayward, who's been with the Charlotte Hornets, his time with Charlotte has come to an end. He goes out to Oklahoma City to be with the Thunder. Oklahoma City, they have a nice young core, so adding Gordon Hayward could be a nice fit for them as well. Uh, quite a few moves that are on the brink of being made. It's a lot of talk out there. We'll see things happening all throughout uh, the, probably the rest of the morning and this afternoon. I would imagine that the Lakers will try to make a move or two Now, Cordell, today. you know more about the NBA than I do. I was listening to Woj this morning, Wojciechowski, and he was saying the new rules, there'll be less trading this year because of the the new cap rules. Makes mm. it harder to make trades or something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case because usually – I, I still think it's going to be a lot of noise today. Trade NBA trade trade deadline is is very busy, so I don't think that's going to change. Um, but yeah, you might not see some of the big time contracts being moved as much as, as we've seen in the past. So we'll see. But uh, it's a lot of things in the works right now. Uh, Kelly Olynyk uh, is on his way to Toronto. Toronto's just kind of mailing it in right now. The Jazz are still looking to acquire pieces to make a run at the back end of the Western Conference. So we'll see what happens there. Out to the NFL, uh, Tom Brady, he, of course, has his Let's Go podcast, and uh, he had some things to say about Bill Belichick not getting a job right now. He says, I don't know the criteria for hiring coaches. I've never been a part of it. I mean, I'm surprised that the greatest coach ever doesn't have a job, absolutely, but I'm surprised by a lot of things in the NFL. Are you surprised that Bill Belichick isn't with the team right now? Well, it sounds like he could have had Atlanta and turned that down. I, I, 
to me, if you're going to hire Belichick, it's it's kind of like when Joe Gibbs came back. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe was 70-whatever, 70 71 or whatever, and he, he had basically, he had control of everything, too. Right. You know, so if I think that's what it takes, you know, to have like a, a Belichick kind of guy. And, and everybody else in the organization is scared, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's like I was at, you know, when Joe came in, I was at the Redskins at the time. You know, and then Joe's deciding, you know, you know who got me to stay on? George Michael. Mm -hmm. Because George TV, George and um, Joe are like best friends. Right. Right. And George talked to him on my behalf. And then Joe said, okay. You know, you know, and then me and Joe were like great. You know, we, we had great relationships. So. It's not as easy as you think just to hire a Belichick because it changes the whole organization. I would imagine, though, he would he would be done and would want to be done with the total control. I feel like that's what no, did that's him who they in, are. in New England. That's who they are, man. Yeah, I'll give you another one, Cordell. The only problem with stuff like that is, okay, you know, like um, when Joe came and what happened is, like, we gotta have a co- we gotta have a quarterback. Gotta have a quarterback, you know. And that's when we traded for Mark Brunell. Said they want a three. I don't care. Give him a three. You know, there was no to go. Give him the three. Mm-hmm. He says, "What am I gonna do without a quarterback?" Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if they would have said a two, Joe would have given him a two. Right. You know, I mean, that's you know that's you got to be able to separate GM from coach. Four one zero five eight three one zero five seven. Let's grab a couple of calls before we go to break. Let's go to Trippy in Baltimore. Trippy, you're on the fan. Hey man, I've been on hold so long. I done went to Timonium, <laughs> came back to Catonsville. Now I'm back out BWI. Why but, didn't you um, bring me and Cordell some lunch? Well, I don't eat. Hey, look, man. The the uh, the studio the same the same spot with a big Mac morning show at right? Yeah, same spot. I don't. Well, I don't think I'm invited because I asked Rob if, if we would have won against the Muslim name. If, you know, he said I wasn't invited, so I don't know. But, I mean, next time I'm out there, man, shoot me a DM or something. I'll bring y'all something if I'm out there early again. I don't mind. But um, the Super Bowl. Well, that does uh, nothing for Cordell. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so, man, hey, I, I see Cordell somewhere in the city right. around the city. Right. Man. You know, sure. Cordell be traveling. But um, the Super Bowl, um. I, I feel like it's the 49ers game to win just based off how the Bills and, you know, the Ravens played. I'm pretty sure the 49ers not going to come out, you know, doing dumb stuff like, you know, we did. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Pat Mahomes winning. Maybe that might motivate Lamar next year more to, you know, go out there and do what you got to do to win, you know, get the Super Bowl. But the Ravens, <clears throat> I'm kind of like in a dilemma because it's like I do want a left tackle in the first round, but I also want another wide receiver, if you get what I'm saying, because – we need some more firepower because, I mean, other than Zay Flowers, and, I mean, Bateman, who else is going to be there? You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, cornerback position, I'm hoping we get the dude from Green Bay. I'm pretty sure EDC got something up his sleeve. He can bring him to Baltimore. He used to, uh, he used to play college ball with Lamar. So, yeah, he used to play uh, college ball with Lamar. So I think that would be a nice little upgrade. You know what I mean? And. Mm-hmm. You know, just draft a couple cornerbacks. Also, we still need, like, another pass rusher. Too, need some old linemen. What about that old line? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we need old linemen, too. But I feel like 
I, to be honest with you, I want to see what the dude, what's his name? Or, what's his name? Orgy? Andrew, Andrew Orgy? Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah, I Voorhees. know he played left guard. I, I believe he's going to be the starter for left guard next year, but also for Lele, I want to see what for Lele do. I know a lot of people say he's slow with his footwork, but I mean, if you get somebody to work with him, I mean, hey. Hey, this is going to be year mean? three. The, the biggest concern Thanks, I got Chubby. with Falele is, and I've said it from the get-go, I said it when he came out, he's got 37-inch arms. He plays like his arms are 31. He doesn't punch. He's not explosive. He's not nasty. You got to be a prick to be an old lineman, too. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. You got to have some dog in you. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll keep it going with some of the Ravens talk. We'll bring in Kyle Phoenix from the Baltimore Beatdown, also writes for Ravens.com as well. We'll get his thoughts on the offseason as we are in full offseason and draft mode now here in Baltimore right here on The Fan. Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan on this Total Request Thursday. Cordell Woodland here for Bob Haney. Here with Vinny Serrato. Was that Toby what? Keith? Yeah, this is a Damon song, right? Should have been assuming. a cowboy. I'm assuming. Yes, <laughs> you, you guessed correctly. He had cancer. Is that what he had, Norm? Uh, I, I, that's what I, I don't heard. know the specific kind, but yeah, he passed earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate for sure. Toby Keith, right there, will continue to play any song that you want to play. Just send it into the text line. Nolan will take care of you from there. Speaking of quick draw, we'll have a trip through the funhouse with quick draw at 11:45. but right now joining us via the wgk law guest hotline we got my guy kyle phoenix from baltimore beat down also writes the monday edition late for work for ravens.com what's going on kyle this is another beautiful day cordell yes it is and me and Vinny, we've been here talking about the ravens offseason because it's here and uh we're looking ahead to the draft and trying to figure out what some of their top needs are as we get closer and closer to draft season. When you look at this team, what would you say your top two needs would be entering the draft? I think you got to go with offensive line, and you can make the case that it can be either interior or tackle at this point, just by the way that, you know, we've we've heard how uh, Eric DaCosta kind of approached what left tackle position kind of means to the team and, and uh, what they're looking for from Ronnie. Stanley and, and how they want to approach it. Um, interior guard as well is another incredibly important position because your two starters are, one, both veterans, and two, both contracts are up right now, and it's unlikely that they're going to be able to hang on to both. So I think that those are really important needs for this team. I totally agree. And the thing about it is, is I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you add about four new guys to that room, not, you know, some may be started. They need they need a couple veteran guys because you can't spend four draft picks on on O linemen. Yeah, no, that's that's far too much, and it and that doesn't you can't do that. Uh, there's a possibility of seeing Kevin Zeitler once again. You know, contract talks have already been started up between him and the team, as Eric Acosta mentioned in the season review press conference. So, but in all, you do need new guys there. And this team values offensive line. Uh, you know, that's, that's what they've kind of always said is the backbone of their team and, and what they construct and how they build everything. So I think it's definitely a possibility that we see three, four guys in there um, that are new to the franchise or, or, you know, 
uh, <laughs> new to the organization some because uh, they they need to be able to rebuild this unit and keep uh, this rushing attack and keep Lamar Jackson upright. We're speaking to Kyle Phoenix, who joins us via the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Is Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. And Kyle, tonight is the NFL Honors Awards, and all eyes will be on the MVP award, which we're all expecting Lamar to win. And I know it's the, the AFC Championship game is still probably a sore spot for a lot of people. I, I'm sure it's still a sore spot for Lamar Jackson. Um, but <clears throat> if he does go on to win his second MVP uh, award tonight what what would that mean for him in his career to this point i mean that would mean he's a hall of fame quarterback uh i don't believe there's a single guy that isn't currently active that has won two nfl mvps and not headed into the hall of fame i mean that kind of production that kind of ability is something special in the nfl i mean to win an mvp takes incredible production and performance um, to, you know, kind of strike when the iron is hot to win two of them is to really cement yourself as one of the best players in the game. And that's what Lamar Jackson has, has done. I mean, even if he doesn't win another MVP, I mean, you can see just how incredibly talented he is. So, uh, you know, to be a a two time MVP winning quarterback, that's, that's something significant. And, uh, and the Ravens have landed, you know, such a talented guy that we, you know, we all knew he was going to be good in 2018. I think there was a lot of confidence in, in, in landing Lamar Jackson back then. But to see what he's blossomed into has been special, isn't it? Uh, Kyle, what about uh, Harbs, Munkin, and McDonald? Does, you know, Harbs coach of the year, I think it goes to Stefanski. And then the assistant coach of the year, I would think McDonald may have a shot there. Yeah, I, I don't think Harbaugh wins Coach of the Year, not because he doesn't deserve it, but because, you know, that award isn't so much about who is the best coach in the NFL, but who had, you know, who overproduced or or went through certain adversity. So I don't expect Harbaugh to win, though I would argue the team that, you know, had the AFC locked up by week 18 and uh, <laughs> and did so against you know, guys like Stefanski and did so against some of the best teams in the NFL that the Ravens had to run through that gauntlet. I think Harbaugh mm-hmm. deserves to be that that guy. But uh, I think McDonald wins that one, you know. Uh, the best defense, he wins the quote-unquote triple crown with sacks, takeaways, and points allowed by a defense. Um, he immediately gets hired on as a as a head coach for the Seahawks because of his production. I mean, this is this that, that, that just seems like that's got to be McDonald's award just because of how amazing the defense was and his success and everything that goes along with it. I feel like that's, that's McDonald's award. Kyle, looking at this defense and uh, I'm sorry, looking at the offensive line, you mentioned the offensive line earlier, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman may be a need as well. I think some of that will be dependent on what the Ravens decide to do uh, with Ronnie Stanley, uh, who had an up and down year this year, Eric DaCosta was asked about Ronnie at the end of the year. Presser, what, what's kind of your feel on the future of Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore? It's really hard to move on from a guy that at one point was arguably the best in his position. I mean, 2019 Ronnie Stanley was in another class of, of every other offensive tackle, I believe. And so to move on from somebody like that, because he is, 
dealt with injuries, and he's no longer that same guy, truly. And it's too it's too darn bad because he he's played his butt off. But uh, I don't know how they can do so contractually because that's a lot of money both ways. Like you can save money, but it's also costing you a lot of dead cap, and and that's something that I don't think the team wants too much of for the sake of uh, just how they're going to have to be able to navigate in a post-rookie quarterback contract uh, era with Lamar Jackson that you want to move on from a guy like Ronnie Stanley. And it's really hard to find an offensive tackle in the NFL. Like guys that are talented enough to go against uh, what the AFC North has to offer at pass rusher too on that side, guys like, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, were you know the, one of those two guys going to be bringing home Defensive Player of the Year. I'm pretty sure this year, and they have been for the last few. I mean, to find a talented enough offensive tackle is really hard. And even if you have a middling guy, which you know Ronnie, I think it he's he with his up and down year, you could say he was great. You could say he was very poor, uh, you know. And so he he lands somewhere in between. You know that's that's valuable enough, but the contract is is the problem that they're facing right now. So there's a possibility they don't have Ronnie Stanley anymore. I don't see how you can trade him and save all that much money from it or, or the dead cap issues, but there is a chance that, you know, I think contract due to contractual uh, reasons that Stanley couldn't be uh, with the Ravens anymore. Kyle, one of the interesting positions is going to be running back. What do you see happening? Cause they got a lot of hurt dudes. Yes, yes, they do, and that's that's always the, the frustrating thing. So, so the first thing is we know that Justice Hill is coming back. He's on his contract, mm-hmm. you know, and and the uh, said, thank goodness we have Justice Hill on a two-year deal when he was asked about the position. That was quite funny at the press conference. Uh, so there's that. You got Keaton Mitchell coming back, and I think that's huge for the Ravens because that was a shining star, and the fan base believed in him from the get-go, and he proved it when he got the ball in his hands with some of the best playmaking we saw out of the year from the Ravens, you know, especially in that running back. But when do you expect oh, him think... back? Oof. I mean, that's the problem. Uh, you know, you can't count yeah. on him to start your season. So when you go into it, if, when you're like Eric going into it, you know, he's not there. Oh yeah. No, you, you can't, you can't have him until maybe half of the season, but, uh, so what the Ravens I expect to do is draft somebody possibly late. I mean, fifth, sixth rounder, unless somebody, you know, they really like is in the fourth round. Cause I think that's kind of where they draft guys in the, that's their sweet spot for running backs. But uh, I think the approach is to also, you know, find a lot of good talent in the running back room with undrafted guys. I mean, they have found success in that formula as a team they've brought in big name guys that have been you know that they couldn't hang on to because they had a fully packed running back room so i think that's going to be their method that in 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 conjunction with bringing back you know a veteran you know maybe they really are interested in having dalvin cook back that could be an option for them or uh you you know the the running back free agency room is, is is a very unique operation i think in this modern era where you know everybody hops on the practice squad for free you know and uh and they trying to 
see if they can build and work themselves back up into being on the roster. I think that's, a, you know, and the veteran minimum seems to be so much more frequent nowadays with those kinds of guys. So I think that the Ravens really approach it by, you know, financially something has to give. If you're paying big money to Roquan, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, Lamar Jackson, you know, you only have so much money to give out. You have to go cheap at some spot on your roster. And I think running back has to be that area. I think you bring in undrafted running backs, and I think you bring in low-paying uh, uh, veterans. So I think that's just the way that they have to approach it. Kyle, great stuff. Appreciate you making some time for us today. We'll talk again down the line. Thanks, Kyle. Sounds, sounds great. Take care, guys. Yep. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll take a trip through the fun house with Quick Draw McGraw to see what you guys are talking about on the text line. That's next here on The Fan. Work, work sucks. 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 They don't. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney back here on this Total Request Thursday. Or oh, turn it up Thursday. It's not. Is, is it total request? Total request. Total request. Yep. Total request. Turn it Thursday. up is what? Wednesday, Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Turn it up Tuesday. The tease. The tease. Total request Thursday. We got Damon Evans' request earlier. Was taking your request all the way up until 2 o'clock right here on the fan. Cordell Woodland in for Bob here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw. He's behind the glass. And he's looking at the text line in which we'll take a trip to the fun house right now. Quick draws, funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. Start with this one here from Chris, who says when you talk about the Ravens' team needs, maybe take into account a player that could be a surprise, kind of like Brandon Stevens this year. Uh, if you had to guess who would be the surprise or who's lurking and could have a breakout next year. Mm. Travis Jones. Yeah, that's a good one. Travis Jones is a good or, one. Or you know one they need to? Oh, Simpson. Well, him too. Yeah. I'm that. saying Oway, either Oway and or Ajabo, you need some yeah. you need one of them to kind of step or, up. Or, and do or something. another one could be Marcus Williams. How nice would that be if he played 17 games, mm-hmm. you know, and had seven, eight picks? Well, that's kind of the expectation, though. Yeah. I mean, that's his, well, that's his track record right. throughout his career, I guess. Uh, this one here from Steve in Baltimore says, at this point, if the Orioles don't make any more position player moves ahead of the season, uh, who do you see making the team among the prospect pool? Guys like Kowser, Holiday, Kerstad, etc. Not enough room for all of them. Who has the edge right now? Well, I mean, Jackson has the the obvious edge. You know, he he's the guy that everybody is looking at. I, I'm looking at him to hopefully make the opening day roster. Nothing will surprise me if he doesn't. Remember, we all thought Grayson was going to make the opening day roster this past year, and that didn't happen. So nothing will surprise me. But I'm anticipating it being Jackson, and I would love to see Heston Kerstad be on this roster too and get more at-bats and get opportunities to really show that power that he has. Back to the Ravens here, where this texter says, instead of investing in a new big-name receiver, how about trying and figure out how to get Bateman more involved or actually get him going? Uh, I still believe he has everything to be a number one wide receiver. Not here. Not here. He's he's got to develop his 
trust and confidence in Lamar, I would say. That's the biggest thing that he's got to do. Because you look at Zay, you look at uh, Likely, you look, and, and Likely didn't have it at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. It kind of developed. Yeah. He needs to develop. And and how do you do that? Why why did Odell have it? You got to make some phenomenal catches for him. And it's, nothing, and it's nothing against Bateman. I think he's a heck of a talent. I do yes. think he has tremendous talent. Um, I just think he gets down on himself at times, and I think it impacts his play. And, I, I mean, this is just beyond him and Lamar's connection. That's the number one issue. But I also think Bateman, he, he gets in his own head at times when he gets frustrated with his play or whatever is happening out there. You can see some of his body language at times. I, I just – I don't know if this is the place where you're going to get the most out of him. Uh, How about one more here? Texter says, I agree with taking an O-lineman with your first-round pick. Ideally, someone who could play left tackle down the road, at the very least be a left guard uh, to start, learn, and start there as a rookie. Then you move over to left tackle in the future when Stanley's dead cap money starts to come down. That's another year. year, Another year from now. I mean... The I guess the the unknown is if Ronnie gets healthy, he doesn't have to have any surgeries, and you know, and that's been a couple of years he's had surgeries in the offseason. No surgeries, just training and stuff. He's gonna when he comes into camp, he's gonna be totally healthy. Then what do you have? Well, the giveaways continue here on Vinny and Haney. We're doing this all week. Two tickets to see the Pixies and Modest Mouse. They're gonna be at Merriweather Post Pavilion on June fourteenth. And you can win a pair right now. We're giving them away courtesy of Live Nation. I'm looking for caller number 5, 410-583-1057. Again, two tickets to see the Pixies and Modest Mouse. There you have it. More giveaways again today. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get you some news from the Nest. We played some of the audio from Zach Orr's introductory press conference yesterday. We'll get you some more of that audio as he had a lot to say. He was the only guy out there. So all questions were for Zach. So we'll get you some more audio from your new defensive coordinator next here on The Fan. 